0: everybody, and welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I am flying solo today. Todd Rex is on the East Coast. Sorry we took last week off. I was in the Middle East doing comedy for the military. I was in uh, Bahrain. I was in Singapore. I was in Diego Garcia. Great shows for the troops. Thank you guys for what you guys do. And uh, it was good because Armed Forces Entertainment gets MMA. So I was able to watch watch the UFCs and watch Bellator and... uh, uh, it was awesome. It, the, the shows were, were amazing. We had to be clean. That was really hard because Wakama got in trouble for, for cursing or something or, or for making some jokes, and we had to be 100% clean. That was pretty tough, but we pulled it out, and the military guys were great. Um, and, uh, but, man, it was, uh, it was hard to, to be away because, wow, there was three, uh, four MMA events in, in, in a week. Which I think is great, I and mean, I think they should have it every day, and make it like baseball or basketball or football. I mean, anytime there's an MMA event, I will watch it. Uh, obviously, the first one I'm talking about was uh, UFC Fight Night. What was it, 27, or uh, with uh, Martin Campman uh, versus uh, Condit? That was that was that was a war. That was a battle. Um, Condit, of course, won, but Campman looked good. You know, but it's just uh, you know Martin Kempman is now becoming sort of a gatekeeper. I'm a huge Martin Kempman fan. I I, I met him. He's a super cool guy. He's he's from Denmark, and my ex girlfriend was from Sweden, and they met and they hit it off. I mean, he's a married guy, but he was like, hey, look at my baby. His baby looks just like him. Very very cute baby. Uh, but you know Dana White tweeted after that fight, hey, you know why would you put a striker and make him into a wrestler? And uh, I have to agree with that. I mean, you know normally. Uh, I guess that they were trying to surprise Condit with the wrestling, and cameron has got great wrestling, but maybe he focused on it too much, because uh, we we saw what happened. But man, that, that guy could take a beating, and it was a great fight. Afterwards, Condit now called out Matt Brown, and said he wants to fight Matt Brown. That would be a great fight. We had Matt Brown on the podcast two weeks ago. Brown, of course, said he wants to fight GSP, which I put on the underground, and a lot of people ridiculing Matt Brown. But hey, man, the guy's won six fights in a row. You can't argue with success personally i don't think he would beat gsp I, I wouldn't tell him that when he was on the podcast but i i, I don't see any really i mean hendrix i think might has the, obviously has the best shot of beating gsp but it would have to be early if he lands something huge because otherwise i mean gsp i think is pretty much the perfect fighter out there um great wrestling great jab great right hand great jiu-jitsu. Uh, you know, good, good Muay Thai, good, good Karate. I, it's, it's it's hard to, to beat a guy like CSP. And he trains and he's focused. It's almost impossible. Uh, but Hendricks might be able to do it. Uh, but like I said back to before, I was talking about Matt Brown and Condit. Uh, Brown's got a tough fight coming up, though. Um, I, yeah, Matt Brown has to get past Tarek safradine, who who's tough for anybody. I mean, we so saw what Tarek did to uh, Nate Marquard. He he just bruised up his legs like a, like a maniac. I mean. I mean, Marquardt couldn't walk afterwards. I, mean, I couldn't walk afterwards. That was such, such a great, great leg kick. So, you know, that's going to be a tough fight. But if Matt Brown gets past Tarek Safferty, and let's say he knocks him out in one round, then they should definitely make Matt Brown versus Condit, and the winner fights GSP versus Hendricks. Because, obviously, you know, Condit gave GSP a great fight. And, you know, if Matt Brown thus wins seven fights in a row, it's very hard to deny the guy a title fight. Um, that being said, right now there's a huge issue over between Hendricks and uh, GSP over VADA versus WADA testing, which is weird because it's only one letter off. Um, but I guess what happened was Hendrix agreed to do VADA, which is, uh, which, is, which is a private testing. And then he found out that VADA is making money off GSP. So he said, you know what, I don't want to do VADA. I'll do Olympic style, which is WADA they should just like just do yada and zada i mean at what point is this becoming ridiculous but so now they're fighting over the testing which i don't know i mean i think olympic style should be should should be good enough i don't think you should have to do you know one or the other so vada wada i don't know it's just the whole thing's getting a little ridiculous but uh hopefully they'll they'll resolve that issue um Another thing, uh UFC 164 while I was away. That was amazing. I was wrong. I will admit I was wrong. I'm I'm wrong a lot. I'm wrong about a lot of things. Ex-girlfriends, uh maybe I don't know, career choice. But I I I definitely I I, I will admit that I I was wrong. I thought that Ben Henderson would be pettis. I did. I thought he was walking around too big. When they said he didn't cut that much weight for this fight, I was like, uh oh, we're in trouble. But he, he he got caught. He got caught in a really really slick, quick armbar, really quick. I would argue to say that Henderson was winning that fight before he got caught. I mean, he did sort of drop him, kind of. Anybody could get caught. But I mean, that being said, it seems now it's two and over. It seems that Pettis has Henderson's number. But that was that whole event was great. I mean, Chad Mendez stopping Clay Guida. Who th- saw that coming? I didn't see him stopping him. That was great. And uh, you know. Dwayne Ludwig is now 14 and 0 with Team Alpha Male since taking over. 14 and 0. 14 and 0. I mean, is that, is that insane or what? The guy, he, he's perfect. I don't know what's going on, whether he's taking them to Legoland or, or, or what he's doing with those guys, but he's 14 and 0. He's a Muay Thai kickboxing champion who went over to a place of primarily wrestlers, little angry maniacs, amazing wrestlers, and made them into strikers, which is unheard of. Good for you, Dwayne Ludwig. Keep smoking that weed if it works for you. Dude, keep doing what you're doing. If you have to smoke weed and watch tape and all that, just keep it up. Nice work. Uh, by the way, there's a, a funny rivalry now between Roy Nelson and Uriah Faber that uh, has, I guess, Roy Nelson can't figure out why Faber keeps getting title shots and then Faber came back about Roy, saying, well, maybe you, if you win a couple fights, you get a title shot. And then Roy Nelson goes, oh, is it, you, are, are you getting title shots because you're the Hobbit and because you're small? Very, very funny rivalry. Very, very, I mean, those guys could all live in his beard. But, you know, those guys, I don't know. I, I think that's a pretty funny. Okay, so that was great. The Mir-Barnett fight, you know, Frank Mir, uh, when I met Frank Mir, he, he, he's a super nice guy, super cool guy. We were walking around. We were shooting sketches. He had a knife around his neck, which uh, was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my entire life. The guy's huge, huge guy. Uh, Frank Mir is not a striker. I, he is a submission specialist. He's got good wrestling. He's got great jiu-jitsu. You know, why he decides to stand up and, and trade with these guys is like, I mean, he obviously is a better striker than, you know, many, many people. And he he's obviously got great great power. I mean, he knocked out Congo and other, other guys but I think he had the wrong game plan. Granted, it's easy to say he had the wrong game plan after he's lying there. He said he fell down on purpose, and that was part of his game plan was to go to the ground. I think it was a pretty good stoppage. I know Barnett said that, you know, these guys would rather die than, than lose that way. And, you know, good job for Barnett. Uh, mirs now fighting Overeem. Should be a great fight. You know, it's kind of a, a, a must win for both these guys. They both, they're both coming off two losses. Overeem says if Frank Mir beats him, he will quit or drop down to 135. But uh, it's going to be a great fight. That's going to be a fight that I want to see, Overeem versus Mir. Um, I'm picking Overeem. I think Mir's uh, on the way down, and not that Overeem's not, but Overeem was winning his last two fights. You can't say that about, that about Frank Mir. Uh, you know, Frank Mir was never winning against Dos Santos, I don't think he was necessarily winning against, uh, against uh, Barnett. But Overeem was killing Bigfoot Silva and then, you know, or was at least winning the fight and then got cocky, dropped his hands. He also had Tab- Travis Brown almost done. They could have stopped that fight before. So, you know, whereas Overeem got sloppy in the first fight and ran out of gas the second fight, you know, I think he wins. I think he's still a viable contender. In the UFC, and Frank Mir, who I think is a Hall of Famer, and no disrespect to Frank Mir at all, but I I, I don't I think that you know if let's say he gets knocked out by Overeem, maybe it might be time to to hang it up. Um, speaking of hanging it up, Matt Riddle retired. Uh, he he cracked his rib, and then he said that he can't uh, he can't afford training camp. I guess. I guess marijuana is expensive in Vegas or or what. I'm a Matt Riddle fan. I will always be a Matt Riddle fan. I was a fan of him on The Ultimate Fighter. I think, you know, he's a great fighter. I think, you know, I think the whole marijuana, you know, personally, you know, Joe Rogan says that marijuana is a performance enhancing drug. I disagree with him there. I, I when I smoke weed, I want to watch Dexter or Breaking Bad or eat, you know, chocolate chip cookie dough or you know, I mean, I I I, don't, I can't even hook up with my girlfriend on weed, basically, or my ex girlfriend. Weed has never been a performance enhancing drug for me. Okay, um, I don't think that it should be looked at as let's say steroids or a TRT or and, and, I don't, and you know, if a guy like Matt Riddle who says he smokes weed to help him sleep. Seems like that guy has a lot of it on his mind, you know. Why should he be cut? Honestly, I, I understand it. it's, it's it's a rule, yeah, and rules are you know rules are rules and blah blah blah. But at the same time, I, I do kind of think that, that that rule needs to be changed. Personal opinion. I don't know if it'll be changed, but it is legal. Weed is legal in in California if you have a prescription. It, you know, I got my marijuana medical marijuana card. I failed it the first time because I uh, you have to take out a test and I finished it. But you know, so. So that, that being said, you know, it's kind of unfortunate that Matt Riddle went to Legacy, I think he thought it stood for Legalize, and then he didn't fight for Legacy, and now he's in Bellator, and he said if he can't get a fight, he can't afford his training camp, which, which is rough, because uh, I would love to see Matt Riddle fight, especially because Riddle and, and War Machine were having, had a battle on Twitter, like I said, it was the stoner versus the boner, but, you know, I would like to see that fight, so... That's that wrestling is back in the Olympics. I mean, how great is that? It should never even have been even I don't even know understand why it was even taken away that was it was the first sport. it's the greatest sport. The two thousand eight wrestling team of uh Daniel Cormier, Ben Askren, Steve Mako and uh couple other guys who who are whose whose minds are are whose names are slipping me slipping my mind right now. They're undefeated in MMA. They're 29 and 0 in MMA. 29 and 0, 2008 wrestling team. This I mean, it's I coach a wrestling team, so of course I'm biased, but it should not even have been on the chopping block. It's so ridiculous that we even have this debate. However, here's one of the issues that I think we need to work on as wrestlers is that in the U.S., we do folk style wrestling, collegiate wrestling, folk style. That's what we do. In the, in the Olympics, there's freestyle and Greco-Roman. So a lot of people don't want to watch freestyle and Greco-Roman because they don't do it. I mean, some people do. The purists do, and, and other people do. I was ne- I was a you know like I said a, before, I was a prep school champion four years in a row, New England's back back in the back in my Al Bundy Polk High years. Okay but I was never that good at freestyle. I was never the most talented wrestler, but I was good at folk style. I, I did it and I worked hard. I was never a great freestyle wrestler. I didn't I even attempt to do Greco-Roman, okay? Which is what Dan Henderson did and other guys do. Um, I think that we need to either, the problem is that other countries don't do folk style. So there's the rub, as we could say. So we either have to adapt freestyle and Greco-Roman in high schools around the country or figure out a way to get every other country to do folk style, and then there's the solution. Uh, it's going to be a hard solution because it's like, that's I think one of the main issues is that the wrestling that uh, Americans do, we don't do in the Olympics. That's I don't I don't know how to solve that issue. It's kind of like the gloves with the, with, the, with the fingers, but that's an issue. Um, the Ultimate Fighter started. Uh, We're going to get Shayna Baszler on. Uh, and uh, I love the the new Ultimate Fighter, men and women in the house together. I think it's brilliant. Uh, it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. It's interesting. it It does have a little bit of a Jersey Shore real world element to it uh, with with fighting. And uh, some of the girls are pretty cute. I, I have to say that I definitely uh, I would, uh, you know, partake in activities if I was there, or at least attempt to. And it's a fun show. Personally, I was on Last Comic Standing. I lived in a house for a month with, with ten other comedians, and, and I sort of know what it's like, kind of, to be on a reality show. Um, and uh, it's great. I think that uh, it's just, I think it's a great year. It's fun. I mean, Ronda Rousey is going through a hard time. She's she uh on the last episode, she was crying at the end. Uh, which which was which is which was weird to see a, a coach crying, but you know it's one of those things where you know Ronda Rousey, it, it, it's such an abnorm abnormality because here's a girl that was a, you know Olympian judo champion, and unless you were in specific judo circles, you still didn't know who she was. She was a bartender. She was t- she couldn't afford money for her dog. She was working at a gym. She was a waitress. Then all of a sudden women's MMA comes, this is this boom, like we haven't seen it. And now she's on the cover of Maxim and she's in the Expendables and she's in the Fast and the Furious and Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. And it's a lot and then you throw her on a reality show with a girl she's already beaten. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. pressure that 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 no one else can really know except for Ronda Rousey right now. So will she crack? I mean she's already saying things like she's only gonna fight for four more years and and you know Will she crack? Will the pressure get to her? And that's basically, that's one of the storylines. There's also other storylines, too. Um, I mean, there's Tim Gorman, who had to leave due to an injury. He was a, a character. I mean, the guy, the guy says uh, he doesn't know who Misha Tate is. You don't know who Misha Tate is? Really? You went on the show and, and went through it, and you have no idea who she is, the coach? I think maybe you were picked last and your ego was a little hurt. Look, Tim Gorman seemed like he, he about to won it if he hadn't gotten thrown out. He's a tough guy. I mean, the guy, his hamstring looked like, looked like something out of, out of a, an Alien movie. Um, but he was like, or his, 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 his hip did at least. But he, he you know, the kid wanted to stay. Whereas the other seasons, guys were um, like, you know, getting checked for, you know, a guy like, uh, what's his, like Bubba McDaniel, who I happen to like, was like asking to leave. This guy was begging to stay. He he might have won. Uh, Chris Holdsworth, his you know he he was a uh, he's been following me for a while on Twitter. Nice kid. He's with Team Alpha Male once again. It looks like he might be the favorite. His jujitsu is is superb. He, he, you know I, I don't know much about his stand up, but he looked great. And they brought back that that other kid who. Uh, I forgot that his name but he's he's funny the guy he his father wants to get him out of the house he hasn't paid rent in 2 years he says i don't train that hard i mean that <laughs> that kid's a classic i mean who who goes on a fighting show and says i don't train that hard i'm just naturally gifted i mean that's that's pretty amazing i, I mean in some way you kind of root for that kid i hate to say it because you're like but, but but like really i don't train that hard i'm just naturally good and then you lose and you get let back in the house i mean that's very entertaining very entertaining uh we are going to talk to Shayna, who is coming off a loss. She lost to Juliana uh, and uh, yesterday. And uh, we're going to we're going to talk about it. Right? we have her on the show. Uh, but right now, we're going to talk to TJ Grant, who is next in line to fight Anthony Pettis. He was supposed to fight Henderson. He had to pull out so that Henderson, and because he have an injury. Uh, we're going to see what he has to say. Hello. Hey, this is TJ Grant. Speaking. Hey, how's it going? It's Adam Hunter. You're on the MA Roasted Podcast.
1: What's up, Adam? How are you?
0: Good. How's everything going? Not too bad. Yeah, chilling out, man. How's that? Uh, are you in uh, Canada right now? Yeah. How's Canada?
1: Canada's good. It's getting cold. Um, you know, the nights are cooling off. It's not as uh, not as warm as it was. We're not we're not lucky like yeah. you guys. <laughs> I love but, the, uh, but it's
0: all good. I love the women in Canada. I mean, they, they're just—they just put out. Am I
1: right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure they put out everywhere, but yeah.
0: <laughs> but Canadian women, especially, there's nothing about Canadian women that just like, just just great women. Um, now uh, you got you got your fight coming up against against Pettis. Has, has it been scheduled? Is it Officially announced yet, or?
1: No, I, there's no uh, there's no timetable really. Um, you know, I I told UFC when uh when uh, I'd kind of be ready and. And um, you know, I think uh, I think you know late December, but uh, really early 2014 would just be ideal. I think you know I don't really know what what the schedule of, of the shows coming up is, but um, you know, definitely uh, definitely you know want it to be late December onward.
0: So so what happened? So I mean, you were scheduled to fight um, Ben Henderson. You you had just come off your biggest victory against Gray Maynard, which was I mean unbelievable. And what happened in, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, training?
1: Well, um, I was just doing jujitsu. Like it was like, um, you know, in the gi, and, uh, I was going with a guy and he just, he kind of went for like, um, I don't even know, you know, it's one of those fancy sweeps where kind of like goes inverted. And, but when he, you know, I stopped it and when he came over, came back, his heel hit me in the side of the head. It was a good shot, but I mean, it didn't like, you know, it didn't didn't stagger me or anything like that we just kept rolling didn't even apologize to me but yeah we kept rolling and then he went for sleep later on and i just kind of used my head to post out and um that was right at the very end of the roll. and then i just you know after that i knew there was something wrong like i didn't feel felt foggy and uh you know a couple days later i had to go to winnipeg for the ufc and you know i just thought you know i felt like i was concussed and you it really took a little while to you know to to get right starting to get there though. Was you know, a, I'm sure fighting Gray two weeks before probably you know, probably he'd probably soften me up a little bit for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it the yeah. first time you've had a concussion?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was uh you know like I didn't I didn't get knocked out or anything but it was um you know I've never I never had a headache like that or anything. You know, headache and fog and nausea and you know irritability. Yeah it sucks. It sucks. It's just especially like having a kid like just had a baby girl like a month before that fight.
0: Congratulations.
1: And um, thank you. And, you know, playing with her, you know, you, you only got like a little bit in you, or else your, your symptoms start getting wacky. You can't really watch TV and listen to music. And so you, you're kind of limited on what you can do. You can't exercise and you can't do all those other things to kill time. And it's tough, man. I wouldn't wish it on really anyone.
0: Now, how, Um, I mean, how bummed were you? I mean, you must have been devastated.
1: Yeah, I was pretty bummed. I, I um, you know, I just one day... Because you know, once we we, we did let the u s c know about a month later, uh, I was probably close to eight weeks out from the fight. That you know, it was a possibility. I you know, let them know I had a concussion, and I, I went on. The, you know, obviously, they paid for an MRI, and you know, they gave me they gave me a t- timetable. You know, just they'd like to know within a week, and you know, the week was kind of up, and I didn't feel right, and um, you know, I just kind of made the decision. Was coming to grips with it, it was tough, but once I did, I felt like it was the best decision, and it's unfortunate. Um, you know, there was no real guarantee on what was going to come my way after that, but uh, I was happy they gave it to Pettis because had they have given it to you know Josh Thompson or something like that, well, then I knew Pettis would still be in line as well, right? Um, so it was good, it was good, man. It was good to. To, to go that way everything worked out i mean we're gonna get the fight i get my title shot and i feel like you know pettis is an exciting fighter too so you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a great fight
0: now um when you were watching the the, the uh Bando pettis fight i mean what was going through your head
1: it was just it was just really weird man like i don't, I don't know like to, to watch a fight and know that you're supposed to be there and but i, I didn't uh I wasn't really rooting for anyone. I was just hoping they had a good fight, you know. I'm, I like to I like to be entertained. And, but, like I said, it's hard to really describe how I felt, you know, and then hearing them, you know, talk about me in the ring after the cage afterwards. It was just, you know, it, didn't, it just, it, it's weird. Uh, that's all I can say.
0: I mean, but, I mean, were you upset, though, when Pettis called out Aldo and not you?
1: Um, a little bit, but uh, not really. I, 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 I knew the UFC. I didn't think they were going to go that route. I didn't think... um uh, you know, as a champion, and you know they got a, a, a list of guys at 145. You know, just putting on crazy fights. You know, to fight all though like Chad Mendez fought that night and you got Cub Swanson and Lamas, and you know he's got enough guys to fight. And, and so does Pettis. You know, these are the two two of the most stacked divisions in the UFC, and there's so many contenders. And you know, I, I, I had a feeling the UFC would want uh, you know want guys to defend their titles. You know, once you get John Jones, where you're where you're cleaning out divisions or GSP. Um, yeah, then you can talk super fights, but you know, there's a lot of guys left.
0: Who do you like? You like uh, GSP or uh, Hendricks?
1: Uh, I like Hendricks. Really? I like his? Uh, I like his knockout power. I, I think. Um, you know, I, th- I think at times in his career, maybe he got away from his wrestling, but I, I, you know, I'm sure that he, he's a one of the best wrestlers in the That's UFC, true. and you know, he, he becomes focused, and uh, he's just, I, I think he's. He's just really dangerous I know that um, people a lot of people can compare him to Koscheck and Koscheck's you know a really good fighter too but Hendricks um, Hendrick's really smart guy really uh, really good at he, he I mean he lands that punch on everybody and uh, that left hand's killer he changes his levels well um, and you know he's just an ultra competitor so I think he's you know I, I don't know I mean George is George and he can he can beat anyone and uh, it's definitely going to be a close fight I just give the advantage to Hendricks just you know career momentum. GSP's talking legacy, you know, when you're talking legacy, when you've got guys that are hungry coming up for your for your spot, you know, that's usually what, you know, look at, look at what happened to Benson, talking about, you know, Anderson Silva's record. He's got, you know, three title defenses or something, you know.
0: Was he your toughest fight, Hendricks? He, pardon? Was Hendricks your toughest fight?
1: Um, I,
0: I hate to really rate them. I mean,
1: every fight's different. Um, You know, he's definitely one of the toughest fights um, you know, I've had guys, you know, beat me and like Dong Young Kim and, and and Almeida, but, um, you know, and, and control me a lot more. But, you know, I feel like Hendricks is a dangerous guy. You know, Evan Dunham's a tough dude. He, he definitely likes to bring it. Um, you know, had a lot of, you know, ups and downs. Our fight was super close, man. He, he's just right there, man. And that's a guy I always root for. Um, Again, you know, I think I think that you know Hendricks and 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 Donovan would probably be the two toughest dudes I thought, You know, mentally tough dudes.
0: What do you think of Nate Diaz uh, when they told him he has to fight Maynard, uh, saying, "Oh no, uh, f that! I, I want to fight uh, uh, Pettis." I mean, what what do you he?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't really know if I like. I guess it's just like usual. Anything that they, you know, he says, you know, it's a little bit out there. But you know what? <laughs> I got a respect for those guys because they, um, you know, they walk the walk, they talk the talk, they, they do everything. Um, they're real dudes. They're, they're, yeah. they're tough man. And but hey, he he should want to fight Pettis, but at the same time, he's got to recognize uh, there's, a, there's a lineup, and he's got to
0: work his way back up. Right. I mean, after coming off uh, a, a loss to, to Josh Thompson, it'd be kind of weird to th- throw him against Pettis. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now Sweet. now 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 you um you, you talk about you the, the you know you uh, lost to Almeida and then then you then you fight Shane Roller who was a two-time national I think a three-time national champion wrestler. Uh but you submitted him by armbar. Were you were you nervous going into that fight that he was such a good wrestler?
1: Um yeah, I mean you got to you got to pre- prepare for you know that was that was a strong strong suit and um I also knew he like all wrestlers, they just they get on your head and they they're trying to, you know, rip your head off guillotines. All them, you know, head and arm chokes and you know that's something you got to plan for. It seems like everybody I fight's a wrestler with a nasty guillotine. So you know, I felt like I was kind of ready for that. But yeah. um, you know he, I was able to once I once I kind of made the cut to 155 and got in there. Like I, you know, I, I'm not saying anybody's weak, but it was you know it was definitely like. Not the same, man. When you fight a guy like Hendricks or Almeida or Dong Young Kim, that are 190, 95 pounds, that are big, like it's their frames that it's not even the weight, it's the frames, man. Like make these guys hard to sweep or get off of you. And you know at 155, I felt like I can I can move guys and you know use my skills and you know I'm I'm aggressive wherever the fight goes and you know I like that.
0: What kind of uh what kind of background did you come up in, in uh in uh, Canada?
1: Uh, I started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when I was like 15 years old. My brother used to, to box and, you know, he never, he, uh, you know, he got a few street fights and one time he got like, um, he got like, you know, choked out by some dude that, you know, he's a much better boxer than that. And they, they uh, you know, that, that turned him on to the grappling and he got me into it. And then I, you know, I was only like 15 and then I got into high school wrestling and I wrestled in high school and, Just kind of the rest of history. Um, I always just, everything for me was just, you know, trying to be a a mixed martial artist. I I just loved UFC since I was a little guy. And, um, you know, I I always thought about my jiu jitsu kind of be able to use it in a fight, not not necessarily, you know, pull off anything fancy. So, I mean, I mean, once once the sport got legalized, though, in in my area, um, you know, it's one of the first, first, uh, I fought on the very first show and I, you know, was lucky to get laid off from my job. What, kinda, you what was you your know, job before that? Yeah, uh, I was just construction man. I worked. At, I M.A. pizzas. Um, you know, it was a nine to four job. To, you know, I'd go to the gym every night from like you know five or six o'clock, and I'd stay till like nine, and and then. Um, you know, I did that for a while and I worked construction. And then once I got laid off, I just, you know, I haven't had a, a real job since.
0: I mean, you're killing it. I mean, Canadians, by the way, they are the most proud people. I mean, they love, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think you've made up for giving us, uh, Celine Dion and Justin Bieber. I mean, you've really, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, it, it's, i mean, I'm telling you. How long have you been married for? Oh, uh, no, i get
1: married in October.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: So we, yeah. Yeah. We did things backwards. <laughs> we had a kid and, um, you know, I didn't know, but when I proposed to her, she was already pregnant. You know what I'm saying?
0: With your kid? So,
1: or? Of, pardon? With,
0: with with with, but with your kid though, right? I mean, I, she wasn't just pregnant.
1: So. No, exactly. It was my, it was my kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, and, that's uh, good. That's good. Yeah, so that's it's good. all good. Um, you know, get married in October, and uh, you know, it's, it's just been the best thing ever, man. Having a, having a little girl. Okay. I wanted a boy. I'm not gonna lie to you, but uh, no, I got her here in my arms right now, and she's. Uh, She's she's pretty special, man. I uh, I'm so happy I got a little girl.
0: Well, you sound like a, a really nice guy, man. A guy definitely I'm rooting for. Uh, and uh, so you versus Pettis. I mean, what's your what's your game plan against Pettis?
1: Just war, man. Bring 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 the fight. You know, he's uh, he's good at a lot of things. You can't stand there and watch what he does. You got to go after him. Um, he's uh, you know, he's definitely uh, he's a tricky dude. He's you know, he's not weak in any areas so that's what it's going to take it's going to take you know well-rounded mixed martial arts and um, pressure and uh you know war.
0: are you worried about his uh, speed at all
1: um you know i feel like you know i i can handle the speed at 155 that was obviously a concern coming coming down in weight but um no i i, I mean I, you know i respect everything he does i respect the speed i respect it all so you know, i'm just excited to kind of you know i'm not a, i'm not training yet i'm um just taking taking things slow just because i don't want to have any you know setbacks and um but i'm excited to kind of get in there and you know i'm already you know my coach is already breaking them down and stuff like that but you know i'm, I'm excited to kind of get out there and start doing it myself
0: nice man well thanks for thanks for following mma rosa thanks for being on the podcast uh tj i look forward to watching you fight again man
1: all right man thank you and uh you know, I love your I love your stuff, man. Keep it coming.
0: Oh thanks, man. Take care. Hello? Hey, is this Shayna Baszler? Yes it is. Is this this is the Queen of Spades? The Queen of Spades herself. How's it going? Not too bad. How are you? Good. This is Adam Hunter. Uh, I'm on the. You're on the MMA Roasted podcast. I, uh, I'm a huge fan of yours. So, Shana, how was your experience uh, living in the house, being on the Ultimate Fighter? Well,
2: um, this is what I tell people that ask me that question. <laughs> it's almost a canned answer now, but I say, um, you know, we got anything we asked for. It was. Everything you dream about, training with a bunch of really good fighters with world class coaching, uh, once in a lifetime opportunity. I hope to never have to do that shit again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was actually, I was on last comic standing and I had to live in a house with comics for a month and it was like just having the cameras on you all the time and having to be on yeah. all the time and like feeling watched and it like, it was, I, I could kind of relate to what you went for except for getting punched in the face. It was, uh, <laughs> that's, was,
2: that's the easy part,
0: you know? Yes. Yeah, like not lot other
2: stuff. Is-
0: now, I was watching you, uh, now, you, you, you started wrestling because your uncle and your brother used to wrestle? Uh,
2: my uncle and my dad, and I kind of grew up, my grandpa had gotten remarried, so I have a couple of uncles that are actually my age, um, <laughs> which you, is kind of weird, but,
0: Did you babysit um, your uncle? That was kind of weird. Did you have to babysit your uncle? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we actually, in public, just tell each other, we're co- or tell people we're cousins when we hang out because it's just easier guys gotcha. explaining, but, uh. Yeah, they all wrestled, so I grew up around wrestling. Um, I, although at the time that I was around it, I never really had a desire to do it, just because, you know, back in those days there wasn't it wasn't a thing for girls to do that. So um, I just went because you know that's where the family was going today, so I was going to hang out at the wrestling tournament all day. <laughs>
0: Now, um, by the way, you're, you're a very attractive girl. Let, just by, let me know, I mean, if you're, very, you're, you're, you're very...
2: Oh, well, this goes to prove that you're a very intelligent man.
0: Oh, uh, thank you. Now, do you have a, <laughs> do you have a boyfriend? Do you, are you into guys, girls? What's your, what's your, what's your deal?
2: Um, you know, I, I have done both. I am uh, currently seeing someone um, uh, that happens to be a female.
0: Boo! Um, no kidding. All right, go on.
2: But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that's not to say that. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those people that that would uh, color myself black or white. Right. But so it just happens to be where I'm at right now.
0: So you're into guys. So so sometimes you're into dudes. Sometimes you're into girls. It's kind of like how you wake up, kind of thing, or like whoever. Is it- <laughs> <laughs> the
2: flavor of the coffee that I drink this morning.
0: Is that um, how it goes?
2: No, I just. It's more. I mean, ugh. Not to get too serious and mushy on the whole thing. It's more of a, uh, um, a, a person. I, it's more of a person thing. If I I'm attracted to a person before I'm attracted to them sexually, I guess. Right. right. Uh, I'm not one of those people that can just like go pick out someone and and have a fun night that night because I think they're hot.
0: You have like, to get to know the person. So, so so no, no, so one, no no one night stands, no like no random booty calls. You're you're kind of like you're you're at least four dates before I can get you naked. Is that was that basically the way it goes? Right, yeah, yeah. At least, at least. Because I was actually watching the show and I was trying to figure out what you were. Like, I mean not 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 that I have like gaydar or, or, or lesbian dar, but but you're you're you you know, you're not one of those girls that like that like, okay. That's a very, you know, you're not, you're not very butch at the same time. You're, you're, you're feminine at the same time. What's the word? What's the word? There's like a word, right? Yeah, there's a word. Yeah, you're, you're very sexually ambiguous, but, and, uh, you're, you're kind of like the queen of confusion. Um, as far as. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, I mean, that's good, I guess.
0: I guess. No, it's hot. It's not I, turning either it's not turning either side away. No, no, right. You're just sort of like, you know, you're kind of whatever's whatever's floats your boat or you know. okay. So right, Yeah. Now, okay, so you go on the show and um and everyone automatically assumes that you're the you're the favorite. You could tell the girls were all scared of you. Um, mm-hmm. and uh and I, and because, you know, you had you're you were one of two fighters that had more than 6 fights you you, you know, people knew who you were. You, 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 you fought. You know, Sarah McMahon. You fought Cyborg. I mean, well, first of all, what was that like fighting Cyborg?
2: Um. Honestly, the strangest part about that whole experience was that it was my, it was my first time I'd experienced like big time media following me around, calling me up, uh, wanting to come to the gym. Uh, so I think that just dealing with all the all the stuff outside of a fight, while still trying to concentrate on the things within a fight, was really I don't know was a kind of I kind of point to that as a coming of age for me in my MMA career because I don't know I just wasn't it was a really strange experience all of a sudden a, a, a hometown who at the time was so against MMA suddenly paying attention to me because I was going to be on TV
0: it w- it was weird. Were you intimidated at all by Cyborg? I mean, you're looking over, I mean, you have to look across the the cage and you see Cyborg. Were you like, what did well, I get myself into?
2: Honestly, at the time that I fought her, I was her first fight in the United States. So I think, I mean, I don't know officially, but I want to think that I was probably the favorite going into it because I had more fights than her and she hadn't fought in the U.S. Nobody really knew who she was. So... It wasn't so much fear of cyborg like people probably get now because she didn't have this legendary thing behind her yet. Right. Um, so it wasn't that. It was just, um, I don't know, the pressure of of it being so big time suddenly. I think is what what the real deal was.
0: Right. I, I wouldn't want to fight. If I looked across and saw a cyborg, I would jump out. <laughs> would jump out the window.
2: I actually remember. I actually remember uh, being across the cage. And looking over in her eyes and thinking she looked scared at the time.
0: You think maybe because because uh, she didn't have any juice to take at the time and she ran out.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She she didn't.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you also fought. You also fought Sarah McMahon, and basically in her debut. I mean, you fought a girl who was a a silver medalist in the Olympics wrestling, and and that was a that was a tough. That was a pretty close fight. You know, I think. was that hard dealing with Sarah's wrestling?
2: Um, I, uh, you know, living in the Midwest wrestling is like one of the biggest sports here. And I think, um, when you talk about the Midwest, that's kind of the thing that in general, we do better in our part of the country than, than anywhere else is we just wrestle. I mean, we have Oklahoma and Iowa, um, huge wrestling schools. And, uh, luckily um augustana college is one of the top 10 division two wrestling schools in the nation like every year and uh they just let me come in during their summer practices uh so i would just go there twice a week and and get beat up by by some pretty stellar wrestlers um you know so i got a lot of the looks that she was giving me and stuff i i by no means could I ever beat any of those guys on a wrestling mat, but um, you know it, it was it really helped my defensive wrestling for sure. I think still to this day I'm the only person that Sarah McMahon hasn't just picked up and thrown around
0: at will. Yeah, no, that girl um, that girl's a beast. I think she's actually uh, yeah. I think I think she's probably Ronda's biggest uh, the number one girl to probably give Ronda a really tough fight right now. You know, is Sarah McMahon um, right? to her wrestling so so you 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 got you you, so you get into the house right and 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 you're, you're in this house and I could I could sort of feel like I felt like you felt from watching the show and granted it's an edited show and um you know I I know the way the tv cameras work the reality works but it felt in a way like you said okay you're fighting Juliana what organization would actually put me against her you said what um you know, where would this be sanctioned? You're like, I, I, don't, I don't know where this girl can beat me. I don't know where she has the advantage. I don't know what they're telling her. You know, everyone else on, on, on like, the team is saying this fight's going to be two minutes. People were saying, okay, there's no way she's going to be able to handle with you. Do you think maybe you overlooked her?
2: Um, I don't think it's so much that I overlooked her. I think, um, you know, there was never a time where I was nervous. Uh, of course, you always know in your head there's always a chance, right? Like, especially in MMA with all the different ways to finish a fight, there's always a chance. I think what I, um, underestimated was, you know, I I don't, I think one of Juliana's strengths is that she's not going to stop fighting. Right? Like, Honestly, you watch the fight and I handled her the first round. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I don't, it, it was, it was, it was, you know, I was in complete control Um and for her to come out and fight for her life in round two, you know, speaks, speaks a lot about her, uh you know, her heart or whatever you want to say, or maybe she just didn't realize it at the time. I don't know. But um she came out in round two and fought for her life and I didn't, and I think in retrospect I mean hindsight is twenty twenty. But I think in retrospect my experience actually hindered me in this instance because it was hard for me to get up for the fight. I have fought on huge cards against huge named girls In huge venues, it's strange to come out from some doors in a gym you've been training in twice a day, in a cage you've been working in twice a day, um, with like 16 people kind of clapping, nobody really cheering when you walk out. It's hard for it was hard for me to uh, think of it as more than a sparring session. Right. And so when we got done with the first round and I handled her just fine, and she came out and you know hit the nitrous, I didn't have that. (laughs) I just I just didn't hit mine back because you know I I kind of liken it to um, when you're sparring and the new guy that just started sparring is going a lot harder than he should and you kind of have to either be a dick and just beat him up or hold him in a place and slow down the pace so that he gets it that you're being nice and I and it, and it I don't know it was I just didn't for whatever reason that day I didn't have fifth gear. And so when she came out and fought for her life, I didn't, and it was a huge factor. And I still to this day think 99 out of 100 times I win that fight. She just happened to be able to have that one time be that night and, and uh, you know.
0: No, it, I that, I, I agree. I mean, the first round, it seemed like you at one point had a rear naked choke, but you didn't. Lock your your. Uh, I mean, look, I'm not. I'm by no means any kind of jujitsu expert, or I'm. I'm. I'm a comedian, you know. But it seemed like, right. But it. But it seemed like you didn't uh, put your hooks in your legs to secure the rear naked choke, and then another time it seemed like you had like a uh, a uh, spladle. It was like a wrestling spladle yeah. move, uh, but you didn't. But you didn't crank the neck. Were you kind of just toying with her a little bit, or?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I uh, actually, <laughs> throughout the rest of the season. Um, our team's swear word became <laughs> blatal because that's a position that she's she stuck, right? She, there's no way for her to get out of that. Um, all I had to do was elbow her into oblivion or crank her neck or what. Uh, there's a million leg locks from there. I, all I had to do was finish, but I let her out for whatever reason. And I really think it goes back to that mentality where I was um, – I wasn't able to get above sparring mode, hard, hard sparring mode, because, you know, when you're sparring and you get someone in a place where they're stuck like that, you're not just going to spend the rest of the round doing that. You get up and move some more, you know what I mean? Right. And I don't know, I don't know. So I had her finished especially right there. The the two hooks thing, um, if you watch some of my other fights, I I like to ride the back more like a, a single and cross body ride for wrestling. Yeah. Um, Right. Uh, so I don't worry too much about that. I finished the rear naked choke without two hooks in. Um, that's not so much, but but the fact that I had the splatel. So whenever anything happened, um, you know, Team Rousey, that was our swear word, sladal. <laughs> <spladdle, laughs> and you know, I I don't know. I don't. I I can't explain it. And as much as you know, I I may or may not. Um, get along with Juliana. I don't know. I mean, we're not, we weren't friends. I'll say that. Right. We weren't friends. And I, I still think I beat her, uh, 99 out of hundred times, but that day, I can't deny that for whatever reason, that's, that's the bottom line. She fought for her life and I had no urgency.
0: No, it's, it's, it's also, it's also, it. I was thinking about how weird it is. Like when you have a regular fight, you have a training camp and you peak fight night. Whereas this mm-hmm. show, you, you know, you fought like what? couple days before that and then you're the first fight and you know it's a it's a sort of a weird way to peak you know like a weird way to train
2: right and it's not you you know you spend eight ten twelve weeks game planning for a certain opponent you really couldn't do that yeah on the right. show because you're fighting any of them at any time and so she had I and don't she,
0: know, she had tape on you but you had no tape on her
2: Right, exactly. Uh, Obviously, being the most experienced, everyone knows my stuff. Everyone knows what I'm going to do. Everyone knows how I fight. They probably all know my tendencies. Um, So, I don't know. It wasn't... There's a lot that can be said. There's a lot of factors, but, um, you know, it just... It sucks, because I still... And I think even some of the girls, most of the girls on the show will tell you that I was the best female in that house. And it was my show to win. And it just... You know, it didn't happen. And I was devastated. You saw on the show, like, it just hit me. I've been doing this for over 11 years, and here it was. You know, a name tag on the Ultimate Fighter Season 18 that said, the, I felt like they already had the thing engraved with my name on it, you know? like Yeah, I got to say, though, when you, were with,
0: when you were with Ronda and you were crying, uh, your body looked amazing. I mean, your body looks really good. I, 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 <laughs> well, thank you. I have to say, you were in those little green shorts, and I'll, I, I really couldn't take what you were saying too seriously, just because I kept staring. <laughs>
2: that's okay. Anyway, anyway, to get fans, I'll take it.
0: I'll take a- it. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I th- personally think that like you're gonna get another fight, and you're gonna make it to the UFC. And I, I think you know, I think it's, I think that's what's in the cards. Um, you have a, you definitely also have a character. I mean, you're. You're sitting there doing magic tricks and stuff, and and you know, I, I personally, I I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. I I think that you're gonna get a, gonna you're gonna get a shot. But do you kind of, in a in a way, regret that like you've had so many fights before you get to get to the UFC, where you kind of wish that maybe this was like five years ago?
2: Um, I don't think I I can't really regret that. I've had a pretty decent career coming into this. I think what I wish and. It's so weird. It sounds like, I don't know. It sounds like somebody, <laughs> it sounds like when like a soldier comes back from doing time. There's no way to understand how it feels. I think what I wish is that I would have not been so naive as to think that I'm so experienced, I felt every feeling that there is to feel in MMA. Like, oh, I felt all this pressure. It's not going to bother me. I felt this, I felt that. But this show creates um, feelings that you just really can't experience unless you've been on the show. Right. And, and it's, I mean, you hear other people that have been on the show say that, but I don't know. It's a really strange experience. It's, I, I really think they should have like a psychologist or something do a study on it because it's really weird. It's a really weird thing. You're trapped in this house. It creates this false world for a bit. I don't know. I sort of it's know, honestly, I think- I, I,
0: being a, a comedian, I, I had to do like... A month of not doing comedy and I literally had to do props with Carrot Top, read children's stories to the girls next door. I'm like, when day I, I get to just do stand-up comedy? I, like, I kind of, I sort of, in a way, can relate to being in a house with, under pressure. You know, it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, it's, 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 it's really strange. And to have 16 very competitive people that are pretty much, you know, you never know, you could be the next one picked. So everyone's like, cutting weight and on edge everyone's on edge and within about two days of fighting really so I mean it's just I don't know there's just a tension but at the same time it's relaxed because we all kind of understand the tension we're all having so I don't know it's it's really strange but I I guess if there's something that I could regret it's that I didn't really sit down and think about um, how different all that would feel I just kind of overlooked what everyone had said um, I have friends that have been on the show that have tried to tell me, and I'm like, yeah, 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 but I've already done this stuff, you know. Like, I, I really wish I had, I had listened and paid attention.
0: Now, the girl you're dating now was it one of the competitors on the uh, show? No. Um, uh, who is it? <laughs> uh, uh,
2: she just fought in uh, the XFC for the 115 title.
0: Wow. So is that is that is, is that weird dating another fighter? Like, is that like?
2: It's kind of a a breath of fresh air, actually. I mean, uh, um, uh, you don't have someone complaining that you have to be at the gym all the time or, uh, you know, your diet having to be a certain way. It kind of works out. Um, uh, very understanding when, when closer to a fight, you're kind of crabbier. So, uh, it actually is, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of easier. Dating a fighter, right. I think even dating a guy that's a fighter, all the same, all the same things uh, that are easy that way.
0: And final question: uh, What was it like you now the Ronda Misha rivalry? What are your comments on that?
2: I will say that that is 100% real rivalry. None of that is for show. Um, um and I know that Ronda um, gets painted as the bad guy sometimes, but I'm telling you that it's not so much that she's the bad guy. She just doesn't care that the cameras are on her when she's saying what she says. And I think everybody else is kind of, um, aware of cameras and how to be and not to be in front of it. Rhonda Don't give a fuck. She will just, she doesn't care you. This is me. This is how I'm going to be. It don't matter. If the cameras on, no matter whatever. So I think, uh, she gives a lot more, um, for the show to, (laughs) to show people. But, um, you know, one thing I know that a lot of people that are hardcore MMA fans or women's MMA fans, um, really wondered about the dynamic, I think between me and Rhonda or me and Misha, however it was going to end up. Um, um, but Rhonda really won me over, especially this episode. Um, she really had my back and, You know, they didn't show the whole conversation we had out on that couch. She said, um, you know, she said, you're my biggest threat here. And that's why I picked you as number one, because Uh. keep your enemies close. (laughs) And for her to say that and then still get my back um, when she thought Misha was, you know, celebrating my loss or whatever at the end, um, really, really said a lot to me. And uh, for her to kind of understand Shit just happens this way sometimes, but to still believe in me, you know. And then they didn't show this, and I wish they would have. But I, I looked, you know, we had this pep talk or whatever, and I looked straight at her at the end, and I said, uh, "You will see me across the cage one day." <laughs> and she looked at me and said, "I know I will, uh. and I will beat the shit out of you." <laughs> and then we started laughing. So it was, it was, it was, it was good. She really won me over with all that. Um, you know, it just speaks volumes, I think, of someone's character and confidence that someone who potentially could be, you know, going after her belt, that she's still going to treat me like a colleague and, and get my back and, and, and all that. So, um, you know, the Queens army will, will be a part of rowdy nation until the day
0: we go to war. Well, Shana, I am a part of the Queens army. Uh, thank you for coming on my show. Good luck with everything. And I hope to hear from you soon.
2: I will. uh You know, just make sure you guys watch the whole season. You never know what happens on that show, so.
0: Absolutely. All right, take care, beautiful. All right, thank you. Hello? Hey, this is Keith Berry. Yeah. Hey, this is Adam Hunter on the MMA Roasted Podcast. Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm sorry,
3: man. I just got home from practice.
0: No worries, man. How's how's everything going? Everything's really good. How are you doing? Good. You got a big fight coming up, Kendall Grove.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Kendall is uh, he's a real, real tough opponent, so I'm excited.
0: Have you ever trained with him before?
3: No, no, I've never trained with him. A lot of people that I train with know him. I train with Mark Munoz at Reign, so he fought him a little while ago, and
0: so yeah. Nice, yeah. No, he's a, he's an Ultimate Fighter winner, big name guy. this could be your, uh, I mean, this could be a big a big uh, break for you.
3: Yeah, I better be my big breaker. I'm done. (laughs) I'm getting my ass too much lately. I need to kick some ass.
0: Well, I mean, not really. I mean, you've lost your last fight, but before that you were on a a, a four-fight winning streak.
3: Yeah, 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 for sure. But I I need to beat some big names and do some things. I've been fighting since I was 15. I'm 25, so that's 10 years. Everyone's like, oh, you're 25, you're young. But really, it's like, well, I've been in the game for a while, so I'm not that young.
0: Well yeah, you've been in the game for a while and you've also uh had sex with every Orange County girl that I've met, by the way. Just so you know.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it comes with the territory. They just put me in a certain area and then all the little groupies around get attracted, I guess. Yeah, you really sure.
0: I'm not even kidding. I I have met a lot of girls, fighters, groupies, ring girls, and they've all seemed to have one thing in common. They they've slept with Keith Berry. <laughs>
3: yeah i don't
0: know i don't know what it is
3: so, so what's going on i guess i tracked i track what i am is probably dirty people
0: so. speaking of which what's going on with you and uh war machine
3: war machine good old war machine i don't know man that guy's always mad about something he's, he's like his own worst enemy he's always pissed off about something he thinks i'm mad at him because he's watch my exes, I'm like, man, just like you said, there's a lot of them, bro. He's not like I'm gonna get that mad about it, but he thinks I'm mad. He thinks a lot of things. That guy's a—he's a another another specimen, I guess.
0: <laughs> so he's banged a couple of your ex girlfriends.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I think she thinks he banged him first. But I think he—I <laughs> think he's mistaken. But it doesn't really matter. The guy is what he is. He starts talking. To on everyone, I don't, that guy's like his own worst enemy. I think he's just gonna he's gonna end up off of himself. I think he already talks about that, so I think yeah. I'm on the right track.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. So it's, it seems like some kind of some kind of weird. Like, uh, was it over? Was it over Rachel? Was that was that the issue? I don't know.
3: I think it was over Ashley. This trick Ashley. I did it a while back, and then you know what? I, I, there might have been something else. I really don't remember it's been so long and then he, he makes friends with all my opponents I made friends with this Cortez Coleman and he swore like Cortez was just gonna kill me and all this and that guy was talking, and then we fought and then he lost and then he was even more mad I was with Rachel at the time so that, I think that was another stab so he didn't like that either
0: there's a, a lot of Bellator drama going on here
3: there's a lot of and you know what War Machine he's actually entertaining I just like him like like he punched himself in the face because all the fans got to him. What a f-ing idiot! I mean, that guy—that guy's gonna beat the f- out of himself. I don't have to do anything when I see him. I'd love to beat the f- out of him, but he'll probably beat the f- out of himself three or four times before I see him. So I'll just laugh every time.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did say that. He said that people were ordering him pizzas and male escorts, and that he ended up punching himself in the face because of that. Was-
3: yeah, I loved his—I loved his reasoning. <laughs> well, I can't punch the wall because I'm an idiot. I can't punch my girlfriend. Well, okay, I can't punch anybody else. All I guess will just punch myself. A good one, dumb. <laughs> good one, punch yourself. I, when, I, when I heard that, I was like, "Jesus Christ, Horror machine." <laughs>
0: yeah, you know? no, he's definitely a, he's definitely a character. So you're training over at Rain. Are you uh, are you training with Chael too? Yeah, yeah I'm training Chael. Um, he's not
3: training right now. I think he's. Going around, I think he's traveling and training and doing some seminars and stuff. But yeah, he trains over at Rain. We got, we got over there, Brent shop Chael, Jake Ellenberger, Mark Munoz, a lot of really good guys, man. Great guys. Rain is really just one of the best gyms. Everyone's really cool, really respectful. We all train hard and really good atmosphere over there. So how do you now? A how do really you? Good
0: how do you do against Chael and Ellenberger?
3: Actually, I get my ass kicked by everyone, but I'm trying to get better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean that, but that's got to be—I mean—it's got to be an amazing feeling knowing that your training partners are are like the best in the world. I mean, you got to be getting much better real soon, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark, Mark on Wednesdays now. Mark's helped me a lot with my wrestling, and that's getting a lot better. And uh, you know, I just try to learn a little something from everyone because I really think everyone has a lot to take away from and stuff. So, I'm—I used to be a lot really one-dimensional, so I'm trying to open up and. You know, get better at my wrestling mostly and just kind of move my head more and not be such a – I'm going to be a brawler forever, but I want to at least, you know, learn a couple more things and move a little more and do a couple, you know, progress, evolve a little bit.
0: Did you grow up in you, – you, you grew up in, uh, in Orange County?
3: I grew up in actually Marietta. It's like an hour inland from Orange County. Yeah, My parents moved here after I went to college. I went to college up north at Sac State so when uh when I went to college they moved over here to Orange County
0: and you wrestled in college or
3: uh, I wrestled in high school I didn't wrestle in college
0: wow so you you have no college wrestling you did you start training jiu-jitsu or I mean how did how did the uh how did the transition well, into I fighting?
3: I, uh, I wrestled and I just kind of my wrestling coach actually got me my first amateur fight and then from there I had three fights with king in the cage I got three fast knockouts and then he they called me the KO kid and all that and I won the key in the Cage title and just kinda of went from there. But yeah, I just wrestled and I got I used to get in a lot of street fights. I was when I was in high school I got dropped by some <laughs> got stabbed in my back and my arm. And uh yeah, I just I just gotten a lot of s <laughs> out of the air. So fighting was the best thing for me. I just put all my I guess all my energy into one good sport, something productive and positive.
0: But I mean they <clears> but day <throat> three to the. Wall. I mean your fourth fight was against Terry Martin. I mean that's... Yeah, I mean I was
3: 18. It was it was just crazy. It was the wild, wild west back then. You know, <laughs> MMA was was real fresh. And yeah, I was 18 year old kid fighting Terry Martin in the WEC for a title. It, yeah, you know, it's tough, man. It's just I didn't have the best managers like some of these guys. You know, they pussyfoot around, they get all these good managers and all this good advice. I took all the wrong advice, and all the bad mistakes, and now this is where I'm at. So now I did everything wrong. Now I'm gonna start doing it right.
0: Well man, good luck with everything. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, and uh, we definitely want to have you back. Um, and Yeah,
3: yeah. I'd yeah. love to come in when War Machine comes in if he could, you know, <laughs> not punch himself, because I know he's not gonna punch me because he's afraid to go to jail. So or I'll punch him. I don't know, we'll see. Maybe but maybe we'll I have the Keith Berry War, War, War Machine
0: debate man. on the on the podcast. That that might be the the uh, thing to do. I'm I'm in. I'm, yeah, in. Yeah, I'm, in. I'm in.
3: I'm in I'm in. All
0: right, me too. All right, cool. Thanks a yeah, lot, Keith.
3: All right, Adam, thanks a lot, man. Thank you to Future Legend, my sponsor for this fight. They're, they've been really, really great. they helped me out a lot.
0: No problem. So Good luck, man. man. Sure.
3: All right, Adam, thanks, man. I'll
0: talk to you later. Take care. Well, that was that was Keith Berry. That was our show. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the MMA Roasted podcast. I will be headlining the Improv in Lake Tahoe all this week. Um, please come out. And uh, the next week I'm in Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, doing a comedy club there at Laugh Comedy Club and uh, thanks for listening thank you by the way to Shayna Baszler TJ Grant and Keith Berry for coming on the show uh, you guys roll take care bye